Good morning. Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. We're here at Pod Populi in Boca Raton again uh, in an amazing podcast uh, studio. And I have the actual owner of Pod Populi. So here it comes, introduction. And now, by way of Santa Monica, California, he is the CEO founder at Great Love Media. He's a creator and national host at the Great Love Debate and the Great Love Debate podcast. He's an author of How to Find Love in 60 Seconds. He has been featured on ABC, NBC, Fox, CNN, The New Yorker, New York Times, and many more publications. He is America's number one relationship enthusiast. He is Brian Howie. Wow, that was good. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) So thank you very much for coming on. Um, Thanks for having me. uh, They say relationships, you know, are are a big deal these days. And, uh, you know, real estate kind of has relationships too. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved in that. Well, everything's about relationships. I always say that I'm in the passionate conversation business and um, relationships can be involved in some of that. Uh, I have been a writer, director, producer um, in Hollywood for a long, long time. And um, I wrote a semi-tongue-in-cheek dating book called How to Find Love in 60 Seconds, which actually has some reasonable advice in it. But mostly it was about people blaming and not taking control of their own uh, dating fates. And um, that was 2013. And my, my agent at the time said, rather than you know, tour around, go a little book tour with 20 people in a Barnes and Noble. Why don't you raise some of the questions that the book raises in sort of a theater, like a town hall style forum and sort of stimulate the conversation. So we were supposed to do one of those as sort of a one-off January 14th, 2014 in Santa Barbara, California at the center stage theater. Uh, It went so well that uh, in two weeks I do my 436th show. I have, done it in 13 countries and 135 cities all around the world. So it became something called the great love debate. And, um, it blew up from there. Um, about a year into that, uh, Adam Carolla, who some of your uh, listeners may know came to me and says, how come you don't have a podcast? And I said, I don't know how to do a podcast. And he said, let me help you do a podcast. Come into my studio, be part of the network, do a podcast. He took the hard parts of podcasting, um, away from me and it turned into a big uh, successful podcast and on and on and on. And now we're here in this studio, uh, sort of doing the same thing for other people. So I think it's amazing. So what, what, you know, you said, uh, some advice and some reasonable advice you get in the, uh, or tips in the uh, relationship business in your book. Um, give us like one or two tips. Well, I mean, the, (laughs) the crux of all of it, uh, pretty much comes down to the women want the men to try harder and the men want the women to make it easier. That's it. That's the disconnect. And the problem with that is how we perceive things. I think men are fundamentally more optimistic about it. The women look for red flags. The men look for green lights. And we are constantly, and if anything, the last you know, five, ten years have made everybody already a little bit more antagonistic towards each other. And um, people get set in their ways and, uh, and don't want to get out of their comfort zone. The good thing that happened, though, recently, or at least you know, as I've noticed traveling around the world, um, two years ago, pre pandemic, a lot of men and women are like, you know what? I I don't need another person. I have my wine and my dog and my yoga (laughs) class. I don't need to date. I'll be just fine. And if people were forced to experience that in sort of real time, be taking out of that loop. And I think people missed it and people missed that 
connection and miss that um, human interaction. And so I think a lot of people, at least on the dating landscape, and again, I'm no dating expert. My, my job is to my job is to raise the questions, not necessarily provide the answers. But I've raised a lot of questions, and we've heard from hundreds of thousands of people. Um, people do want that. People do want to be in a meaningful relationship, whether that is a business partnership, whether that is a family uh, dynamic, or whether that's a one-on-one relationship. I think people do. I think we are wired that way. Yeah, we're social animals, right? And and, and the you know if the pandemic taught us anything, it made uh, non-huggers huggers. You know, I, I, I think I <laughs> they're think like so. running around like I, I, I think so too. I mean, I think you miss you know business handshake and and. Like I said, I've traveled around the country, and and we never stopped doing the show, even during the um, pandemic. We were doing places more like Florida and Texas and Arizona, (laughs) and we couldn't really do Boston, New York, and San Francisco. But, um, you know, the way people treated the absence of human contact or communication, a lot of people, and we're probably doing the same thing there, want to hide behind their devices, their Facebook pages, their dating profiles, their LinkedIn, all of that, and... And are afraid to sort of get out there face to face anymore, which, you know, in a business interaction, we rely on Zoom a lot. Now, I want to meet somebody. I want to sit down with somebody. I want to be across the table from somebody. I think that a lot of the walls come down. You know, I believe we do a lot of podcasts out of the studio. They're better sitting down face to face. The body language, the nuance, the reading, the, the hidden cues, all of that is better with somebody. No, agreed. And, and, you know, when we originally started this, you know, you talked about the handshakes. I mean, that, that was our thing, right? I mean, everyone needs a stick uh-huh. and we, we needed a handshake and, and, and we went live on location and we did locations in South Africa and Dubai and Israel, wherever I was uh, vacationing and uh, whether it's business or personal. And um, they just were so, you know, so much more engaging and, and such, right? And then you get kind of hooked on the StreamYard thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, well, I could, I could have more exposure and I could have, you know, more reach, but they aren't always, you know, you, you got to be a special kind of individual to take the stream yard and be able to make it engaging. The technology needs to enhance our relationships. It shouldn't be replacing our relationships. And that, you know, that's the coming storm, sure. the coming storm. Um, we've had Dr. Drew do our our podcast and he's on our live show a few times too. And he says that the coming story is that the, the person who's 14 years old now, by the time they get to high school and maybe even sooner, they're going to be able to put on a helmet, date whoever they want virtually. They're going to call them by their name. He's going to be like, I want somebody who looks like Ariana Grande and have a reasonably satisfying experience. They're also going to be able to travel wherever they want to go. And people are like, well, it's not as good as if you really went to Croatia. Well, if you don't know and you're like, this is awesome, you're basically putting yourself in the greatest video game ever. No risk, no cost, no risk of losing. That's the danger of technology when we letting it replace actual experiences. Yeah, you know... uh if everyone remembers, you know, the real doll, they thought that was going to be like a big deal, you know? <laughs> I know. And, then, uh, you know, my, I was talking to my wife the other day, and and her bucket list is Greece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the funny thing is, is like, you know, three months of seeing all her friends go to Greece and going in and out of there, she's like, you know what? I don't need to see it anymore. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe how many people are going to Greece and Italy right now. Like, did everybody just go? It was like somebody stepped on the hose for two years and then they let it go. And now everybody's traveling. Um, yeah, I, I think everything is about 
confidence and communication. And everything comes down to those two things when you're interacting with somebody. If that's a business transaction, if that's a partnership, if that's a relationship, those two things, we're not confident human beings anymore. I mean, I don't know if we ever were, but we were better at hiding it, I think. And the more ways we have to communicate with each other, the worse I think we've gotten at communicating with each other. And these are, you know, what what I always try and do, whether it's uh, through podcasting or through our live shows or whatever, is is sort of break down those walls and let people take a chance and get out of their comfort zone and, and try and communicate again. Yeah, because you're, you're so much more focused when you're living outside your comfort zone, right? You know, you're just, you, you know, if you could take that laser focus mm-hmm. into your strengths and, and, and when you're comfortable, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's going to be even better, right? So I think, you know, it's funny because relationships and businesses, you know, when you're when you start to kind of push yourself and be more confident. Because even when you talk about buyers and sellers and you go in there, you know, what does a seller want? The seller wants someone to come in there and says, I am going to sell your home. Right. You know, they don't want, well, you know, we might sell it for a price that Somebody you might, might like. So <laughs> we hope, you know, kind of thing. No, they want to, they want to right. hear someone who's confident, right. who's got statistics and credibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they got to obviously like, know, and trust you in most cases, not all the time, but in, in most cases they want, they want to see a like, know, and trust kind of thing. And, um, you know, and that goes on to the, the point of relationships. Right. You know, you have to build those relationships, but you have to be confident in those relationships as well. Right. And you got to, you know, see that relationship for what it is and not always look at what it could be or what it isn't or try and, uh, you know, we, we do that a lot of times in business too. Like, oh, I think this person is going to lead me to the promised land. Like everybody has to take sort of ownership of their own fate and uh, and the outcome and, you know, Willing to take a chance goes a long, long way. And you also, like you said, get out of our comfort zone. Somebody always asks me all the time, what's the, what's the biggest um, piece of advice I can, I can give somebody? And I always say, get rid of the words, not my type. If you're over 30 and you're still single, you have no type. Your type's not working out for you. <laughs> and if you're not quite 30, you don't know what your type is yet. And so it's about experiencing different places, things, individuals, people, getting out of your comfort zone and learning. You'll learn more about yourself sitting across from somebody that you believe has nothing to offer you than you ever would about that person. It's valuable life experiences. And that no, that's why traveling is so valuable. Like you, you stimulate parts of your brain that you didn't know could be stimulated. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I, uh, I met my wife on jdate.com back oh, yeah. in 2000, right? Like, you know, in the early, <laughs> early stages. And I remember um, a friend of mine saying, Hey, you got to get on this thing. And, so, I, you know, I get on it and I'm like, um, I'm just going to date as many women as I can. So, like, I kind of really treat it like a business. Yeah. Like, listen, I'm going to practice. I'm going to know what I like. I'm going to know what I don't like. And I'm going to eventually find something, you know, someone that I want to uh, spend the rest of my life with. And, you know, and, and it's funny because you have to practice um, whatever it is. You, you know, do. It, it's reps. Yep. And it's failure. The very best, like I said, I, I was a writer, director, producer for a long, long time in Hollywood. And the actors and actresses that were the best were the ones that learned pretty quickly in the business that if they did not get the part, it wasn't necessarily a referendum on their talent. It just meant they weren't right for this or somebody didn't perceive them as right for this. I think in relationships or business that having that mindset really does help avoid the, the loss of confidence. It's like, it's not it just the situation didn't work out On to the next and you keep moving forward and you keep learning and you keep trying and you take the, the, the experiences and uh, 
move it to a place where eventually you're going to find the one, whether it's the right house or the right uh, job or the right wife. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to ask you to put your real estate agent um, hat on. Yeah. And, um, you know, like every, it- like every other California moving here. <laughs> <Florida>. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, how are you going to build relationships differently? You know, w- what would you do as a real estate agent um, going out in the business world and really trying to create and build relationships differently than everyone else. Cause there's right now there's 1.5 million realtors in the nation mm-hmm. and that doesn't even include just the, you know, the other licensees. I think the thing that um, drives anything, whether it's a podcast or, or being a realtor or anything is passion and curiosity. Those two things. And being able to, brand yourself or at least showcase as, as somebody who, like I said, not necessarily has all the answers, although somebody has to trust that you have most of the answers, but that your curiosity and your passion for the market um, or the people are going to continue that you're still doing the work. A lot of people are like, I've had 30 years of experience in this business. I know things change in the world so quickly. They want to know that you're cur- you're constantly looking for answers. You're constantly asking questions. You're constantly looking into new environments and markets and opportunities. People really like that. People really like that. Hey, I'm going down this road. Come along with me. And we're going to find an answer for you versus just pointing the answers down that road. People really, really um, are engaged by that. I love that because, you know, you know, why is it that you buy a, you know, BMW or a Mercedes um, when, you know, the, the, the Kia, the Yugo, the whatever it might be, um, you know, is the same thing. It's going to get you to point A to point B. Right. You know, you go to the Ritz Carlton or you go to, you know, uh, a Motel 6, you know, it, it does the same thing. <laughs> it just makes you feel better, right? It's, so it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you have to feel it, right? You, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you talk about passion. So let's talk a little bit about, about podcasting. Yeah. Because, um, you know, podcasting has is, is been around for a little while now. Um, but it's gotten significantly more popular. It has, um, and um, and you're opening up uh, studios around the you know, around the country, right? Yeah. And um, and tell us a little bit about how would you get started if someone's like because we all have something to say. I, I do, and it's it's understand that not only do we all have something to say, there's somebody or lots of somebody's out there who aren't just going to listen to you and think that's you. They're going to listen to you and think that's me. He thinks like me. He cares about the the same things I do. He asks the same questions I do. And the ability now to reach an audience globally um, is easier than ever before. Podcasting is a very easy to produce and a very easy to consume medium. It really is just a conversation. We're sitting down having a conversation. We could be um, at a restaurant having uh, breakfast with the broker, but instead there's no bagels here and I'm sitting here with you. Um, But it it is about a a good podcast should sound like a good conversation and the listener should feel like they're sitting right at the table with you. And so understanding what it is uh, about you that, that drives the things, like I said, the passion, the curiosity, those two things go a long, long way. Other people, um, that will resonate. And and podcasting has gotten really big because we're such a, ADD multitasking society that um, we want the information just put right into our brains while we're doing something else. You know, people are going (laughs) to listen to podcasts while they're commuting or while they're working out or while they're waiting on the car line for their kids stuff. Like they do. Uh, I would have never thought, you know, even 15 years ago that we would, we we would podcast. Um, 
in audio form at least would would be sort of old school war of the world style like radio <laughs> serials that people like you know the the true crime and the and the scripted stuff is just giant right. and if somebody told you back in you know 1994 you're gonna listen to this stuff and i'm like why i can watch it right. you know um it's changed so a lot of people had some time especially in the last couple of years to think about what do they want to talk about who 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 is the community all podcasts are sort of a community of host and guest and listeners and who do I want to be a part of and how do I engage with this? So I always say, you know, anybody with a Facebook page, you should have a podcast. Anybody with a brand, you should have a podcast because you're really able to reach like-minded people. A good podcast um, can have all sorts of voices in the conversation. You know, it shouldn't sound like an infomercial and it shouldn't sound like a webinar. It should sound like people who are both engaged in the same thing. And, you know, one of the reasons why one of the first places we opened was here in South Florida, there's a lot of big personalities here. <laughs> the people have, have no fear. We, uh, one of our first studios we opened in Ohio, which is lovely. People in Ohio think, I, I'm pretty sure I can do a podcast and hopefully somebody will listen. The people in South Florida are like, give me the microphone. A lot of people are going to listen. And that's a good thing. That confidence is just that what I have to talk about hopefully will resonate with a lot of people. And so um, I have uh, been a podcaster for uh, eight years. I host three podcasts, um, Great Love Debate, which is the world's number one dating relationship podcast since 2015. Uh, the Great Food Feud which is about food and political junkies, which is a political podcast. And like I said earlier, people like those seem all different. They're not. They're passionate conversations that I believe I can have with anybody. I, I mean, I've had celebrities on the show. I've had um, experts on the show and I've had just some people I've grabbed off the street on the show and they're all sort of the same because everybody's opinion sort of has value, at least to me and a lot of ways their audience. So we produce now on a weekly basis, I don't know, a couple hundred different shows um, between our six locations and, um, they're about all sorts of things. Some are very, very niche. We have a school bus driver podcast called big yellow podcast. And he's just targeting a huge audience of school bus drivers and parents and teachers and administrators. And so that audience grows from there. So no matter what somebody's, you know, interest is, passion is, curiosity is, um, questions are, uh, podcasting is just a really good medium for, for people to form a community. How do you get started? Well, that, uh, people come by <laughs> podpopuli.com. We're right here in the heart of Boca uh, or go to podpopuli.com online. And um, we, we basically work backwards is we try and try and figure out who is the audience you're trying to reach ideally. And that can change over time. What do you hope to get out of doing a podcast? What should your audience get out of doing a podcast and sort of work backwards up to and then we sort of create it. Every show we do, we try and produce as much as possible individually. Um, everybody's capable of having at least one podcast. I used to, I was in the book business for a little while. I always thought everybody had a couple hundred pages in the nightstand hidden away that either they're never going to finish or never going to show anybody. And our job is sort of pull the podcast out of you and um, create a show that's going to engage you and going to entertain people and um, going to be sort of a fulfilling venture for anybody. So you're a political podcast, right? Yeah, so <laughs> political junkies. <laughs> political junkies. So, um, you know, it was interesting. I was in the um, uh, the Senate building um, in, with Rick Scott, and one of the things I, I thought was interesting that he said, he said, you know, it used to be that Republicans and Democrats would go ahead and argue about bigger government, less government, regulation, whatever, mm -hmm. right? 
And now we've gotten to the point of where, like, we no longer seek different perspectives, right? Like, we, you know, if you believe this, you know, you're either with us or against us. So how, you know, I think maybe we should send you the relationship expert yeah. up there to well, teach them, put them all in a room or something. That's funny you bring that up. I, I did an interview the other day, and it used to be that you might have been married to somebody for five or six years and not be entirely sure how they voted. It right. just didn't really come up. Sure. Now, before the appetizer on date one, they want to know how you stand on Trump. They want to know Republican. Like, it's right there. It's on dating profiles. Like, these are my political views. And I'm like, that's crazy. Because even if you have differing political views, that difference, those are three or four differences out of thousands of things. And relationships are about bridging the differences, not necessarily spotlighting them and making them the crux of your relationship. And that is what it is now. Certain people are just like, you're, it's already hard enough to find somebody. You're, you're eliminating pretty much half of the population right off the bat before you get in any other criteria. I'm not sure that's a good way to go about anything. <laughs> it's, it, it, it is crazy because it, it, it's almost like the, the political belief or, or I guess side yet because you have to pick. And, and, and I, would, I would contest that you know, most people are on the same side. They just have different ways of getting there, you know, and I, I agree. Political junkies my job on that show essentially is to be the middle. And we sometimes get people way out on both fringes. They sound exactly the same. Right. Really? It's just you plug out this and plug out that. There was somebody I knew in California. She was going to buy a house and the house was um, owned. She found out who the owner was and he was like a prominent um, Republican donor. She wouldn't buy the house. I'm like, why are you blaming the house? Like, you think it's haunted? Like, I didn't understand that. She's like, I'm not going to give the money. I'm like, you're buying the house. It doesn't, people have lost their minds over the last uh, five years. And um, people need to take one step back towards the other person again. And, you know, you have to be careful in business. People won't want to do business with you if you're this way or that way, especially down here. It, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It, it's crazy. Oh, it yeah. is crazy. And uh, there's something you can learn from anybody. And there's, like we said, you know, 15 minutes ago. Outside of your comfort zone is where almost all of the answers lie. Your, your yes lives in the land of no. And, and that's sort of where you have to push yourself to go. I'm going to hear them out. Uh, we did a great love debate show in, um, in Tel Aviv a couple years ago. The Israeli people know how to debate and then break bread after. They know how to, how to have passionate conversations and not just, you know, delete people after it. And it was really just a nice way to do it. I'm like, these people are, you know, everything in Hebrew sounds like you're arguing for parking <laughs> space anyway. But, you know, they were able to to express themselves in a way that, that didn't, you know, wasn't personal. And it didn't deteriorate the fact that at the end of the day, they could still get along. You know, it's um, it's funny you say that because, you know, when... Israeli people had a survival, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, talk about, you know, being in the center of, you know, religious, you know, beliefs of all types and, and they're accepting of all types of religions. They all live within one. I mean, Armenian quarter, the, the Muslim quarter, the Christian quarter. I mean, yeah. they're all living within one, you know, kind of community. And people don't see that, right? They, unless you're actually there and, and yeah. kind of feel and experience I, it. I was amazed when uh, when I go there. And, and people, <clears throat> well, the one good thing is I think a good percentage of the people are asking more questions and are doing the work. It, 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 it's almost never that you haven't met the right person. It's almost always that you haven't been the right person. And that's about, you know, being introspective enough and, and taking sort of a self self uh, analysis and, and look at yourself and saying, what 
did I do wrong? What can I do better? And how do I continually um, find the appeal in both myself and other people? You know, you got to get out of your own head. You got to get out of your own head. <laughs> Take a shot. Ask her out. <laughs> you know, say hi. Right. Say hi. Just smile. <laughs> so a woman came to our show a couple of years ago uh, in Chicago, and she shared an Uber pool with a guy. Do you remember the Uber pool? This is where you sure. sort of shared ride thing. And she really liked the guy in the car. She thought she couldn't wait to get out of the car to find him online to say hello. Rather than turn her head right and say hello, that seems so weird to just do that. She needed to find a way to like um, message him or something. And I'm like, well, this is where we are. That seemed crazy. It seemed too forward to say hello. (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah. Well, I I think we could take a page out of um, New York prime ladies night. You know, you you know, you go up to the bar at ladies. night. I think it's Monday nights now in, Mm -hmm. in Boca. And, you know, the 83-year-old woman comes up and starts eating off your plate. You know, it's like, like there is no, like, you know, it, that's a good it's move. the lion's den. That's a good move. Just walk around with a fork and start grabbing bites. Oh, yeah, listen. that's not bad. Yeah, take a shot. You know, if, if somebody doesn't react the way you want them to, that could be and probably is more about them than it is about you or anything you did. You might got somebody in the bad moment or bad day or they're distracted. You know, you got to press on, you know, keep at it. Make a second offer. <laughs> I like it. You know, persistence is key. You know, um, I have uh, I have an agent who um, is a uh, big believer in persistence. When we used to have uh, answering machines, and uh, and and his name is Brian Bowles, so he's a, a big agent in, in Delray. And um, and the funny thing is, is like when we had answering machines, he would say. Dave, you got you got to listen to this, you know, and, and I don't remember their exact names, but it was like, so, you, you know, and, uh, make a phone call. And I made the phone call and it's like, hey, this is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Thank you for calling. Da, da, da. You know, if this is Brian Bowles, stop calling me. You know, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you talk about persistence. You know, yeah. you made it right. You, you headed to the big, the big leagues at that point. I know. You you know, there's there's everybody failed. Everybody um you know, things didn't work out they wanted to, whether that's a business situation or a job they thought was going to be great or a relationship or or the house they wanted to flip. You know, it, it, it's not always working out, but it's learning. It's continuing to move forward. It's looking for new opportunities and relationships everywhere. There are, you know, people always say you wrote a book called How to Find Love in 60 Seconds. Is that about like a quickie in the bathroom? I'm like, <laughs> no, it's about there are 60 second windows of opportunity that you can recognize, act on and not dismiss where Anything can happen. And that happens many, many times a day in love and life and business and everything that you have to be open to it and take the blinders off and recognize like every single day there's a chance that that person over there could change your life, hopefully in a good way. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, obviously, uh, I always uh, end the show on uh, with two questions. Yep. <laughs> One is, um, what is your all-time favorite streaming series? And what are you currently watching? What am I currently watching? You know, oddly, I am re-watching Sopranos start to finish from the beginning. And um, because I watched them all the time and I've watched a lot of them since. And I'm like, I'm going to go back to that moment in time because that's 25 years ago now when Sopranos first came out. And watching them all in sequence and picking up up, uh, some of the stories and the... um, and the nuances and the minor characters who who I didn't really appreciate uh, at the time. So I am um, I'm watching that 
I'm rewatching Sopranos. I know that doesn't count as a streaming series. No, it um, does absolutely. I mean, it's, it's yeah, HBO Max. Now or it's whatever. streaming. Yeah, now it's streaming. I mean, I think that's a show that changed a lot of things. That just the the level of storytelling and filmmaking and character development, like uh, everything that fell from, I think, Sopranos tree. Whether it's you're a fan of The Wire, or Breaking Bad, or Mad Men, or everything, like everything changed. I believe with the Sopranos. I loved it. Loved it. So that's your favorite streaming and your current yes. currently watching, All right? Yeah. So I am currently watching. Um, uh, one of my friends said, "Oh, you gotta, you gotta do this." And I was never really a Star Wars fan. Uh-huh. Um, I think I I saw the first three, and then like Episode One, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm done. Like, it's too weird. Characters going back and forth." He said, "You know what? Do Episode One, Episode Two, and all the way." Like in chronological order, the way that it was supposed to be. Oh, the old. So like not, not start with a new hope and not four, five, six, and no. then one, start with one. Start with one and go episode oh, wow. two, three, four. So I'm I'm through a couple of them now, and I'm like, whoa! Now I, the story makes sense because the story didn't make sense before. Right? You're like, constantly wait. Is that Vader? Right. I know right. that's is that's that, not a bad way to do it. So, yeah. Is that uh, who so turns out that? Oh, doing. that's not a bad way. You know, Star Wars holds up. The kids watch at least. You know, yeah. the 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 original. Um, they watch it. They like it. I'm shocked at how many diners, drive-ins, and dives I can sit through. Oh yeah, and oh. watch and. <laughs> Google their menu and see how close I am to them and everything. It's really, I've seen hundreds of them. Oh, I've been to Wales Rib a hundred times. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Down there. So, a bunch of them, I'm like, I'm within 40 miles of that place. Yeah, yeah I know. That's I'll just, fun. it'll be on like Friday, Saturday nights. They just run like marathons over and over. And before I know it, I've watched like seven. That's awesome. <laughs> Brian, I can't thank you enough for coming in on Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday at 9 a.m. You know, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because you bring on the, you know, guests and, and, um, you've been instrumental in, in putting together this amazing studio that we've been in for the last few weeks, um, almost a month now. And, uh, we'll continue on. And, um, you know, I certainly appreciate you and what, what your team has done. Also, if you are looking to be in a podcast, um, I know that, um, you did a podcast camp with the kids and we stuff did. like that is great. And the kids have really no cool. fear. Right. They're not afraid of a microphone. <laughs> a lot of adults come in here and they're like, oh, is that what my voice sounds right. like? Well, yeah, the kids know exactly what their voice sounds like. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. All ages, uh, entrepreneurs, small business owners, retired executives, kids, moms, everything uh, should have a podcast. Absolutely. Contact Pod Populi. Um, and, uh, and, and Brian, you can message him. He likes uh, getting messages. I do. I like getting messages. (laughs) Thank you so much. Breakfast with the broker every Tuesday morning at 9am.